Welcome to Conversations with Joel on Joel Osteen Radio. Joel's guest today was named one of the 50 most powerful women in corporate America, Sint Marshall. And now, here's Joel Osteen. I'm so excited to have an amazing woman with us today, Ms. Sint Marshall. Sint, if, if I read your bio, it'd take half the program. You, you're, I, ta- I called you Wonder Woman. You're amazing. <laughs> I am not. You know what fuels me. You know what fuels me. God has been good to me. Yes. Well, I love that. So, Sint, we see you with all this success. You worked years in the corporate world, just the top of the ladder, now a CEO of a Dallas Mavericks, a great team. But let's go back to how it started because you didn't have the the best upbringing. I'm sure you had good parents, but it it was pretty rough, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what? And and I like to tell people I had a good childhood, but I had some bad things that happened. Yeah. You know, I raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. My parents left Birmingham, Alabama when I was a baby. Um, And so we landed in a public housing project. I saw some good things, some bad things, some ugly things. Actually saw my father. Uh, shoot a man in the head in self-defense. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, actually, in defense of me uh, when I was growing up, because this young man, you know, teenager came to our door with, you know, a lot of drama and my father had to defend his family and, and shot back in defense of me. Fortunately, it wasn't fatal. Thank goodness. It was one of the young men actually from our church. Uh, but, you know, just saw some things happen. My father left us when I was 15. And I'll never forget, you know, we came back home that summer where we had to flee our house. Uh, for that summer, my mom just told us that God would take care of us. Wow. Uh, I'll never forget her words when she said, you know, all she needed was peace of mind, that God would provide. So, you know, grew up poor, but had a mother who put one, you know, a math book in one hand and a Bible in the other Wow. and told us to keep our head in these books and we would uh, make it out. And actually she was talking about uh, out of poverty. And so had some great teachers and great educators embrace our family and uh, put me on a path for college and the village and the community showed up. And that's been the story of my life, that, that math book and that Bible. Man, that's so great, Sint. I love your attitude. Just talking to you for a minute here. A lot of people have had negative things in their past, but I don't see you dwelling on it necessarily because you could be saying, man, I had a terrible childhood and all that. But I, I love that attitude. I think that's part of growing and being successful. And it's to me, you're seeing the goodness of God, even in some rough situations. Oh, absolutely. I, I was taught a long time ago, or I learned a long time ago, that bad things do happen to good people. Yeah. And so you have to accept adversity and never give up. And I, I think I probably had more good and great things happen to me than bad and ugly things. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't deny the bad things that happen and the trials that we go through, uh, but we we can get through them. And fortunately for me, uh, I was given a foundation at a very early age uh, that I could stand on to get me through uh, my rough times and get me through all the the trials of my life. Yeah. And so since your mom was around kind of speaking faith into you, but your dad at at a point he left or he had, there was some, some trauma there as well. Yes, yes. He just, you know, he had he had his issues. Uh, he, he's deceased now. Uh, but he was um, uh, he was a person that uh, was mean to 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 us. I have five uh, siblings. And so I think maybe a couple of them uh, didn't experience uh, what at least the, the, the first four of us experienced. And but my mom always taught us uh, that uh, the Lord would bring us through it. And my mother was the victim of domestic violence. And so she went through a lot, but always stood on her faith, always knew that the Lord was going to uh, bring her through it. uh, And he did. And so that's the kind of faith uh, that uh, she had. And I think uh, I saw that. I saw that resilience and I saw 
uh, where even though my father uh, was doing all kinds of uh, crazy things and was not there in a way for his family that, you know, my mom would have wanted him to be there, uh, she knew that uh, she could trust in God, and, and, and we did too. Wow, that's very powerful. And Sin, how did you get through the, how'd you get into college? Because your mom, that, that had to be hard raising all those kids. Well, how'd you get there? It was, you know, I, I love teachers and educators. I just, I just think educators are just some of the best people on the planet. And so that summer of 1975, when I went back to uh, high school as a junior in high school, I was head cheerleader. I had a big silver brace on my nose from when my father had broken my nose that summer. And three teachers and a principal uh, embraced me. Obviously, that's not normal coming back to school, head cheerleader with, you know, and you're cheering with the brace on your nose like nothing happened. And so they embraced me, embraced my mom. They knew she had a desire uh, for me to go to college uh, and to graduate uh, from college. And so they just got me involved in all kinds of activities. And the rest is history. I ended up being, uh, you know, graduated at the top of my school district, senior class president, all that. And the Lord blessed me with five full scholarships to the college of my choice. Wow. He's so good. And so I chose the University of California at Berkeley, uh, not because it's the number one public institution in the world, but because it was actually close to home. And I wanted to be close to my mom uh, with everything still going on. And so the Lord just really, really blessed me with a great community, great village. And, you know, I was smart. So, you know, I skipped the fifth grade and all that. So I had some brains to work with. But my mother stressed education. Yeah. She was one of those kind of people. She did. She would always say, it's not where you live, it's how you live. Wow. And she had a set of values uh, in place. And education was at the top of the list. My mom would stand at the door on report card day, literally just counting off the report cards. And when she got to six, she'd have us all around the table, all six of the kids. And then she would review those report cards and talk to us about what we needed to do and all that. So education has always been stressed. Even my father. My father was big on stressing education as well. Well, I love that. Sint Marshall is my guest, the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks basketball team and done a lot in the corporate world as well. She's got a new book called You Are Chosen, and I I can't wait to get to that. But tell me a little bit more about your mom, because what I'm hearing here is, man, your mom was a, a woman of faith, and that's strong. And we all need people like your mom. We do. My mom, and, and, and fortunately, she is still alive. Uh, she is a very, very strong woman of faith. And my mother is one of these prayer warriors. So if you get into a situation, <laughs> and you, I used to always tell her, I still tell her, I think she has a direct line. Uh, but one thing she taught us is that we had to have a direct line, too, yeah. and that things would happen in our life. But my mother is strong, uh, grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, in the Jim Crow segregated South, and was just always the one involved you know, in church and, you know, she's, she was, you know, there were 10 of them and she was the second oldest. And so she was like a mother figure a lot uh, to her younger ones, but always, uh, always focus on her kids. Always. I mean, my mother would literally have us walk to church on Sunday. She didn't care what was going on in the house, what she had gone through the night before. Uh, we had to be in church. We were, we were the, those kids who would sit on the front pew Yeah. and my mother was up in the choir stand and she could just look at us and we would know to straighten up. Uh, but but no matter what she was going through, and she was going through a lot. I mean, she worked two or three jobs, very smart uh, woman. Uh, just um, she, she's a great role model, a role model of resilience, a role model of uh, intelligence. Uh, and she was all about uh, her kids and wanting the best for us. So she's amazing. She still is amazing. I just love, love, love my mom. I love that. How old is she now, Sid? 
He is 86. 86. My mom's 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 89 and still going strong too. But I love that. And I love that she's got to see your success, the fruit of her labor and the fruit of God's goodness. But that's awesome that she's got to see your success. Yes. I dedicated the book to her. I remember when I sent her a copy of the book and she's in California and I'm in Dallas, of course, I'm in Texas. And so I sent her a copy of the book and she called me and she says, oh, I am just loving this. And she just started crying and talk about different things that I put in the book. Uh, because it was supposed to just be about my cancer story, but then, you know, it expanded. And so she was just saying she was reflecting on God's goodness as she was reading it. And she was talking about the note I wrote. I said, yeah, but did you see the dedication page? She says, no, I think I missed that page. And she went back to it. And of course, I dedicate the book to her. Wow. Because I said she is truly, truly the person who cho- who, who showed me what it means to be chosen. Yeah. what it truly means to be chosen by God and to be chosen for the different things that we go through in our life. She was my role model uh, for that. And she's also the person when I got cancer, the first person I called who did not have a pity party like I was trying to have, Wow. who said, this is for his glory. I mean, she just went totally right to the scriptures and just said, this is for his glory and you will tell his story one day. And I think that's what really got to her is that Now I'm telling the story that she talked about. Wow. How long ago was the the cancer fight? I got diagnosed December of 2010 and had chemo 2011. And so now I've been uh, cancer free for 11 years. And it was, um, you know, I had stage three colon cancer, one lymph node away from stage four. Wow. I had to have chemo. Uh, Not a good, um, not a good prognosis. And here I am 11 years later uh, and I am uh, cancer free. And I can tell the story uh, about what God brought me through and how he used uh, a community of people and how he used the word. I mean, Psalm 91 is just what I, I just embraced that and just meditated on that all the time. And so my, the whole book, You've Been Chosen, is really about how God and great people have always shown up in my life. That he, every time I'm down, everything I've gone through, my four second trimester miscarriages, my daughter who died at six months old, husband with brain damage, I could go on and on and on. And God made my family and he brought me through it. I mean, and so the message really is we are chosen for the things that we go through. It's not by accident that God has a plan. And sometimes his plan is not our plan. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts but he has a plan. And so I, I rest on Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know he has a plan. Yeah. It's a good one. It's to prosper me and not harm me. It's to give me hope in the future. And that's what the book is about. I love that, Sin. You seem like you got it down. <laughs> I love that because, you know, that's a lot of things coming against you. And, you know, Sin, there are some people that would have gone through what you've been through. And as I said, they'd be a little bitter and, you know, stuck in life. But, so much of it is our our attitude and our perspective. And, and like you're saying, God, I believe you're in control. No, it's not good what's happened to me, but I believe you're still good and that you're going to bring us through. And that's what I see so much in you. And it, it's inspiring to see, uh, to know, you know, things, these difficulties and setbacks don't have to stop our life. When I got cancer, I just said, you know, first I was trying to have my pity party. My mother wouldn't let me have that. And then I had to get real focused on, you know, the plan and what, you know, what we're going to do to go through chemo and all that. And then one day it just hit me I, when I was praying and it just hit me to focus on the can and cancer oh, that wow. I can do this. 
we can get through this, that the doctors knew what to do and they can be a part of it. And so the whole time I was going through chemo, I was having parties in the infusion suite, uh, just trying to have the right attitude because I, I focused on the can. I love that. I've read too, sent these studies that show people that are positive and hopeful and have faith and, you know, they recover faster. And sometimes I think our own thinking, well, I don't think, I believe we're drawing in, you know, what we're thinking about. And when I hear, hear you, you know, you've, you've been in difficult times, but you've, you've, you've seen the goodness of God in it. And in, in the middle of that difficulty, I can see you still giving God praise and thanking him that you're coming through. But that's, yes. that's, that's, that's a fantastic way to live. It's a great, it's a great outlook to have. And I know it's, it's based on, you know, knowing him. Yeah. Um, I, t- I tell people, and, you know, I get questions a lot because, you know, I worked for AT&T for 36 years and, you know, this executive career and, you know, all these accolades. And so I get interviewed a lot and, and I, I'm often asked, what's the one thing that you did that contributed to your success? And I think I always surprised people. And I said, I got baptized at 17 years old. Wow. Thank the Lord of my life and told him to do with it what he saw fit to do with it and, and make me worthy of his spirit. I mean, that's truly what I think uh, is underneath all of it. I, I couldn't do any of this by myself. Yeah. I couldn't have a positive attitude uh, by myself. And there are days when I'm just laid out. I mean, when, when I lost my six month old daughter and we buried her and even at her funeral, her, her doctor from children's hospital, Oakland, he got up to speak and he said, Carolyn Marshall, and she named Carolyn after my mom, but with the K after my husband, Ken, and he, and we called her special K. He said, special K was here to teach us that we're not God. And he went through all the different things that they learned from her in those six months. Wow. And so I knew God had a plan. I knew she was here for a reason, but it was still hard. Yeah. And when I got home that night, my husband wanted to leave and go see his parents three hours away in Fresno. And I said, I don't want to go. We had just buried her. I said, I just want to go and lay down. So when my husband left the house, I was on, and, and I talk about this in the book, I was on my way upstairs and I glanced at her little nursery that she never saw because she never came home from the hospital. And I just fell right there on the staircase. Mm. I mean, just human like everybody else. Sure. I couldn't get up. And, and that was on a Friday evening. And when my husband came back home that Sunday evening, I was in the same place Wow! on that staircase. I just couldn't get up. And I just prayed and just cried out to the Lord. I mean, I just needed his strength and his help. And I just laid there and find, finally, my husband reached his hand down. He didn't say a word. And he gave me that look like you have the same clothes on. I mean, he <laughs> just, he knew I had been there the yeah. whole 48 hours yeah. and he just put his hand out. And I said, that hand is like, you know, it's like a symbol of what God does. Yeah. You know, we just have to grab his hand. Yeah. I mean, there's always a hand that's going to come and get us up, even when we can't get ourselves up. And so I, since I've experienced it, I can tell other people that now yeah. that the Lord will always get you back up. Yeah, You may pass out on that staircase for 48 hours, but he'll get you back up. I love that. I love that. I think of that verse about, you know, a good man falls seven times, but the Lord raises him up, something like that. That's so powerful. Sint Marshall is my guest. Her new book, You've Been Chosen, first female CEO of a professional basketball team, the Dallas Mavericks. But Sint, go back. So you went to you went to Berkeley, right? Yeah, went and to Berkeley. How'd you get into the corporate world? Yes. Yeah, so when I graduated from uh, college, and I had a great experience at Berkeley. I just, I just love, love, love my alma mater. 
And so I had 13 job offers. So that was back in the day with everything. The you're job so, market was good. You're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart, though. No, the job, the job market was good. The job market was good. So it was a long time ago. And so I had two criteria. I said, I want the job that pays me the most money because, of course, I wanted to help my mom. And like she didn't really need any help, but I just felt like I should contribute something uh, to help her. And then I wanted to be a supervisor. So at 21 years old, I wanted to be the boss walking in the door. And AT&T had a fast track management program uh, that I was accepted into. And so uh, I started to work for, quote unquote, the phone company. And it's so much more now. And my first job was supervising 30 long distance operators. So back in the day where you would dial O uh, to get your calls through. Uh, So I'm, I'm dating myself. And I walked in at 21 years old and I told me, and it's primarily women and they work the short evening shift. So I worked the night shift and I just walked in there and told them I had never uh, been in that kind of environment before. I didn't know what I was doing, but my job was to serve them and I knew how to serve. And I had a little leadership experience from my activities and all that. And those ladies in the union taught me just about everything I know now about leadership. And so I practice something that I call the three L's of leadership. And I learned it way back then. And that's in order for me to be an effective leader, a truly effective leader. I just need to do three things very well. Listen to the people, learn from the people and love the people. Wow. And usually the love the people catches people off guard, but these are God's people. Yeah. And I have to love them, not as employees, but love them as the people who get up out of bed in the morning with all the dreams they have, the baggage they have, the issues they have. Those are the people who walk into our workplaces and we have to love them as people. And so if I can do that, if I can listen to them, I mean, listen to the point where I can even hear what they're not saying. Yeah. And learn from them because those operators taught me everything. Wow. I learn from them and truly love them. I'll be an effective leader. And wow. So so far, it's worked out okay. <laughs> it's worked out fun. I love that. What a what a fantastic philosophy. When I show up in 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 work, and 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 I've done this for oh gosh, I guess my professional career is forty one years now. I always ask the Lord two things, and it literally started from when I was twenty one years old. I always ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Truly, there's something I need to get done for the company. There's a reason I'm there. There's a reason I'm in a certain job. So there's something I need to get done. And I want to be very clear about what it is so I can deliver uh, for the company. But then my second question is, and Lord, who do you want me to touch? Yeah. That he's put me in certain places because there's somebody that he is trying to touch. And it could be in the plural, plural, right? Yeah. But somebody needs to be touched by him and Sometimes I am going to be the closest to Christ they get. And so, Lord, who is it that you're trying to touch and bring to you? And what do you need them to see? And so once I get clarity around those two questions, I'm ready to go. And if I'm offered something or if I'm asked to go in a direction that does not feel right based on the answers that I've received to those two questions, then I pray about it and fig, you know, and, and ask the person who's talking to me to help me figure out how to say no. Yeah. Because I want to be in his will. That's beautiful. Well, you know, you, you look at people like yourself and you, you can see why they're successful. You listen to God, you honor God, you help others, you love people. And that's, that's very inspiring. Tell me how, how did it come out with the, the Dallas Mavericks? So you left the corporate world and you went to work for Mark Cuban. That's, that's amazing. I actually retired. You after retired. Okay. Years, after 36 years with at and I retired 
Uh, the company had moved me to North Carolina to head up our North Carolina operation, then end up uh, moving to Dallas to help to lead our human resources team, and then also became the chief diversity officer. And then my work was done. So March 2000, well, May 2017, I retired. And I said I was going to take a whole year off. I didn't get a chance to do that because I ended up starting a consulting company uh, because uh, they were Dow Chemical at the time. Uh, they wanted me to help with their cultural transformation, their diversity and inclusion efforts. And they were very serious about creating a great place to work. So I ended up starting my own company just to help them because and they needed a way to pay me. So I started my own company. And so I'm about 10 months or so into that. And then I get this call from a text message and a call from Mark Cuban. And I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know Mark Cuban at the time. Well, I shouldn't be embarrassed, but it's, I'm embarrassed now because I probably should have known him. <laughs> uh, but I was uh, I was on a call with uh, as the good. See, this is how the Lord works. I wasn't traveling that week and I had been traveling a lot, uh, but I was at home and I'll never forget it. It was February 21st. I got up. I was, you know, did my prayer time. And then I was impacted by these teenagers in Parkland, Florida, because they were protesting against gun violence and all that. And then the Reverend Dr. Billy Graham had passed away that morning. Wow. And so I remember being impacted by these teenagers and this 99-year-old, and I found myself age-wise pastor smack dab in the middle. Wow. And, and it came to me, a thought came to me about impact. These teenagers are impacting my life. The Reverend Dr. Billy Graham had impacted my life. What is my next act? Because I focused on the last three letters in impact, A-C-T. And so what impact am I going to have? I wrote my blog, prayed about it, wrote it, posted it was on a call with my client when my cell phone was just going off. I have four kids. I thought it was one of my kids yeah. asking for money. I really <laughs> thought it was one of the yeah. kids. So I handed my husband the phone and I said, one of the kids need money, take care of it. He came back a few minutes later. He said, uh, this dude doesn't need any money. Mark Cuban is trying to reach you. I said, who is that? I didn't know Mark Cuban, Yeah, uh, which I think says a lot about him because he was having a crisis. He wasn't trying to call a friend to help him through a crisis. Yeah. He, had, he heard, you know, he heard about me. I got my name from a few places and was calling to see if I could help him uh, transform his culture yeah. and help him create a great place to work on the business side of basketball because we, we had a crisis. And so I uh, went to see him. He was very sincere. I told him I had to go home and pray about it. He said, well, how does that work? So I told him all that. <laughs> and so uh, as I was leaving his office, two women stopped to tell me about what was going on with him. And asked me, could I could I come and help them? And 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 the words she used, one in particular, she said, I think you could really have an impact on us. Wow. Same and there's word. that word. Wow. So I went home, prayed about it, came back the next day. I was in a conference room with the folks for three hours before Mark even knew I was in the building. Uh, folks just talking to me, and the Lord made it real clear that this was my next assignment. Wow. Was it to 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 run the team or to, originally to, it was to run the team? Wow. Yeah, he, he asked me to be his CEO. I mean, wow. the first time I met him, he asked me if I would be his CEO. And wow. of course, I, I didn't know anything about the business of basketball. So I didn't know exactly what all that meant. Yeah. And of course, obviously I had to, you know, lead, lead the business side, but then I had to learn the business side of basketball. And that's yeah. what I told him. I don't know the business of basketball. He said, but you know how to lead. And so he promised that he'd teach me the business of basketball and others would help out, but he needed a leader. He needed somebody uh, to really help create a great place to work. And he, he delivered on his promise. He has taught me the business of basketball. I mean, I don't know what everybody else knows. But, I mean, some have been there forever, 
Uh, but I am learning the business of basketball four and a half years into it. And uh, we we are doing what we need to do uh, to uh, create a great place to work for people. And so we've, we've had some success and it's not me at all. I laid out a vision. I laid out a set of values and our values spell crafts, character, respect, authenticity, fairness, teamwork, and safety, both physical and emotional safety. Uh, of course, they're all based on scripture. Yeah. And so we laid out our vision, our values, and a 100-day plan, and a lot of good people got to work. I, we have some of the most amazing employees at the Dallas Mavericks, and they're committing to serving the fans, serving each other, and I'm just blessed to be able to be their leader, but I didn't do it by myself. We wow. we are and 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 we're we're a very good place to work. We still have work to do. I mean, we definitely still have work to do. Uh, that's beautiful. Sint Marshall, CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. Sint, we just got a couple minutes here. Let's get to your book again because I want people to pick it up. You have so much wisdom and inspiration. And uh, again, it's called You've Been Chosen. You talked about it a little bit, but maybe a couple minutes on your book. Thank you for even just having me on here to talk about it. Um, when I, um, for 10 years, I, I would send out my cancer journal and people would say, you need to turn this into a book because my 12 rounds of chemo were public. I would write about the stuff I was going through, just whatever it was, uh, being like, you know, laying in a fetal position on the floor, just battling with chemo. I mean, I would write about all of it. And so when someone asked me to turn it into a book, the publishers got a hold of it and the agent and they said, okay. You talk a lot about being chosen for the chemo class of 2011, but you've been chosen for other things in life and you have more of a story to tell that we think will encourage people. Yeah. So the book is about different things in my life. It's about the adoption. I have the adoption story of my four kids uh, in the book. I talk about uh, when my husband got brain damaged and they said he'd never walk and talk again. And the Lord brought him through that. Uh, I talk about growing up poor and domestic violence and some of those things. A uh, few different career stories, but not that not 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 that much. Uh, but I do have some examples in there of just kind of how to get through life. Yeah. And really, the book really is, as I said earlier, it's about how God and great people always show up. And then every round of chemo is chronicled. So if you're going through a chemo battle, you can go and see what I went through in round six, or round eight, or round nine. And it, it it's to encourage people yeah. and give them faith and optimism that you can get through situations, even if you're struggling with having a family, the Lord has a plan. And maybe that plan is very different uh, than the plan you laid out when you started trying to have a family. Um, and so, and that's my story. And so uh, that story, I hope encourages people uh, as well to really think about our children uh, who are out there. So the book is just, it's 200 plus pages of how the Lord and good people have shown up in my life and how I've been blessed to be able to get through some of life's uh, uh, adversities. And uh, and then I tell them myself a few times when I talk about my husband and some things with the kids. So I know it's a great read. You've been chosen by Sint Marshall. Sint, any advice you would give your younger self now? Yes, I would tell my younger self, God really does have a plan and that I don't need to try to assist him all the time and that I need to trust him. Yes, there's action that I need to take but just relax and stop worrying about things all the time. Stop trying to force things and just rest in his goodness and in his grace. And then to always remember that sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is a train. Bad things do happen to good people, but the Lord will bring 
me through. That's what I tell myself. That's beautiful. Sit, Marshall. Sit, thank you so much. It's been a fantastic half hour and we love talking to you and just appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Joel on Joel Osteen Radio. You can listen on demand anytime with the SXM app or at SiriusXM.com. To find out more, call 855-585-JOEL. That's 855-585-JOEL.